this is Mayanna Vernon, and you're listening to Giving God Glory Through Trauma Podcast. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm super, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm super excited. I am just about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I'm even more so excited because, well, first, first, first of all, because I'm getting way too ahead of myself. Let me just say, how are you guys doing? And I hope and pray you guys have so far had a, a good weekend. Um, for some, I pray that you had a safe and, and fun Memorial Day weekend if you was out there grilling, you know, with some family, some friends. And I pray that all is well. Um, but I'm super excited today. If you guys can see me, I'm like smiling from ear to ear uh, because I am going to be starting a new series. Um, I guess you could say like a new segment within the podcast. And this month, um, until the Holy Spirit says otherwise, I'm going to be touching upon generational cycle breakers. Um, and I'm so excited. Um, oh my gosh. I'm super excited because it's going to touch on like different topics. Um, so it's the whole gist of it is generational cycle breakers where it's going to highlight or introduce to some. And my prayer is that I'll hopefully, you know, have some finally have some some guest speakers to come in to really just share their testimonies and and really just talk about um you know their walk and their journey with with God thus far um and even just talking about some of the some of the traumas that maybe they've experienced or some of the traumas that they've witnessed um so I'm I'm super excited but today y'all to start it off the Holy Spirit was like we come in we coming for for everybody's next. We coming out the gate like there's we not holding nothing back. <laughs> so today, um, as I start the generational cycle breaker series, um, today we're gonna talk about the war on lust. Yes, yes, the war on lust, and you know I I think first of all the Holy Spirit is amazing because it's. It's so powerful. Um, lust within itself is just a powerful thing. Perversion as well, um, especially when it's something that has been passed down from generation to generation, meaning like the whole point of a generation generational cycle in general, no matter what it's pertaining, um, is typically something that's passed down to the next generation and possibly the next generation after that because people have either refused to say okay enough is enough this ends with me or maybe it was just so strong that who knows maybe they tried to stop it but maybe it just consume them or maybe they were trying to stop it on their own so of course we all know that anything we try to do on our own is is we can't do anything on our own. We're going to have to collaborate with God. So a lot of the times the, the cycles um, 
generational cycles are really just things that our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents, or whomever it may be in our family um, was not able to overcome. They did not see breakthrough. And, and it's not to say that maybe for some of them, maybe they were praying and pleading and asking God to help them with that, but maybe they didn't stay consistent um, in that. So it, it's various different things. Um, you know, everyone is different, but pretty much a generational cycle is just really something that no one in the family thus far, or just yet, shall I say, because we're going to put a big yet on there, but it's normally something that someone has not been able to overcome or defeat, right? Or to, you know, and, and defeat in this case means to sever at the root, you know, to annihilate, to not, you know, our prayer shouldn't be, okay, God, you know, help me to break this cycle so that way it can come out of me. No, God, as a, as a generational cycle breaker, I'm breaking this so that way my children don't have to experience this. I'm breaking this so that way even the people that, that are in my sphere of influence, those that are around me, those that you allow me to encounter, I don't want them to experience the same things that I went through as well. So I'm going to use the wisdom, the knowledge, the tactics that the Holy Spirit has given me, the weapons that God has given me um, in order to overcome or to defeat this thing. I'm going to share it with others. This is not something that I just want to be delivered from. No, I want others to be delivered from it as well. Um, so I'm I'm super excited. I don't even know if you, I don't know if y'all can really hear it in my voice, but I'm I'm so excited. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to jump right into this. So for anyone who really truly knows me which is like a select few people like probably maybe I can count on my hands um you know the people that actually know how far God has brought in me um and like I said those people that really tr truly know me they could they could literally be a testament to say that my life is literally a walking and living testimony like everything that I've gone through Everything that I've experienced just all throughout my life, like God has literally brought me through it. God has literally walked me through it. Every circumstance, everything, every trial, every tribulation, God has literally brought me through it. And I say all of that to say this, that I'm decreeing and I'm declaring in the name of Jesus. And I thank God that I can say that I'm not who I used to be. And I thank God that I can also say that I'll never be who I used to be. And I don't even just declare that over myself. I declare that even over the lives of those that are listening in. Uh, whenever you're able to listen to this, start to just speak declarations and decrees over your life in the name of Jesus and say, you know what? I'm not who I used to be. Yes, I made a lot of mistakes. Yes, God, I made a lot of bad decisions. Um, yes, God, I, I even walked away from you a couple of times, right? I mean, we, we, we got to be honest. Let's be real, you know. Yes, God, I even walked away from you a couple of times. Yes, God, I actually even tried to manipulate the will that I want, like I even try to create my own will and manipulate that for my life, God. Um, but I thank you, God, for never giving up on me. And like I said, if anyone knows me, God has brought me so far. But um, when I was uh, a very young girl, um, I was molested at a really young age by a really close family member of mine. Um, and it, it's so amazing how God works because 
for a long time and and I don't know if anyone can relate but for a long time whenever someone experiences trauma I mean everyone of course handles it in a different way meaning like it affects people differently so how it affected me it may not be the same way that it's going to affect someone else but I know for me um, that's just one of the many traumatic experiences that I that I went through um, as a young girl but even once I got to like maybe college or so is when God really started to God really started to show me that I needed to start to address some of the things that happened. And some of the times when if you're someone who has experienced trauma of any shape or form, you can probably relate and say that a lot of the times it's so traumatic throughout the years you literally just push it in the back of your mind. And that's what I that's what I had done like even that, what had happened to me at a young age, I really just pushed it in the back of my mind. Like I, and even when I was younger, like I said, I didn't even understand what was going on. So I was just kind of like, it was just happening. And I didn't, I was so young. I had no idea the severity of what was going on. And I, like I said, I had no idea of even how that one event was actually going to affect like pretty much almost all of my upbringing. Um, so for a long time, I really had pushed that in the back of my mind. It, it was a couple of reasons, I feel like, why that happened. Part of it was because, you know, I was a really close family member. And in a way, like, you know, he's family. So I, I wanted to protect him. At the same time, I was just kind of like, no one would believe me. Um, so it, it was several different things that kind of played a part in me pushing that in the back of my mind and me just acting like it never happened but like I said once I got to college and once I um once I get my life over to Christ and God was just like yeah so we got some things we got to work on we got some you know he was just showing me that there's a lot of there was a lot of I was just broken I was broken that's like the best way I can say it. I was literally like walking around like broken shattered glass and the thing was the dangerous part about that oh my gosh Jesus the dangerous part about walking around as if like you're literally just like broken glass and and actually I don't even want to use that metaphor I want to use this metaphor as if someone is bleeding but they are continuously bleeding so picture that in your mind like wherever you are right now, um, whenever you're listening to this, like picture that in your mind, like someone is constantly bleeding from several parts on their body. Um, what they try to do in like, almost like in a temporary, temporary, like environment for them, they're like, all right, let me just get some bandage and let me, let me patch it. Let me patch up some of these wounds. Um, but the thing is, First of all, a bandage, once it's completely soaked, is going to fall off. Like, it's not going to stay on. It's not going to stick anymore. It's going to fall off. So what I was doing was I was just walking around bleeding. But the thing was, the bleeding wasn't just affecting me. I was I was entering relationships. I was entering relationships. I was um, entering new environments. And ultimately, I was bleeding on others. And that's what it was like God had shown me like the reason why trauma and stuff like that needs to be 
addressed and it needs to be healed is because I'm bleeding clearly, right? Clearly I'm bleeding or, or shall I say God knew clearly I was bleeding, but I of course was still blind to it. But God was like, clearly you're bleeding, but you don't realize that you're actually bleeding out on others. So that, you know, saying hurt people, hurt people is like so true. It's so true. If you're broken, you're going to nine out of 10 times. And that's like a huge nine out of 10 times. You're going to bring someone else some form of brokenness. Um, So for me, like I said, God was really dealing with me just based off of the things that I had experienced. But I want to say for me, when that happened, um, being molested at a young age, if anyone has ever gone through this, um, and like I said, it, it affects people differently. But um, for me, for a long time, I I use kind of use this as an excuse like, oh, well, this is this must be the reason why, you know, I'm so promiscuous or or why like I lust after men. And the thing was, it wasn't that event that that wasn't the ultimate reason why. Now, one thing I will say was when that happened, it awakened, like it almost like sparked something. And that something, of course, is the the war on lust that something was the generational cycle it it almost like awakened that cycle that was being passed down that like I said no one had ever addressed so I don't know um you know and it was so amazing too actually I want to share this because this is also how cycles are broken especially off of families um when I when the Lord you know took me through my forgiveness process of uh with that particular family member when I when I approached him when I came to him um he actually revealed to me and he actually told me that it happened to him as well like so he's he's older than me so I'm younger so he told me that like before I was born or maybe when I was like like maybe like an infant like it happened to him too it like with his own family member so I said okay, so this is definitely, like, that's when, like, it immediately clicked, and the light bulb came on, and I said, wow, okay, so that's definitely, that's definitely, like, a generational cycle then, and, you know, I asked him, I'm like, you never told anyone, and he's like, no, like, I didn't understand what was going on at the time, so he was like, I just, I was young, like, I just didn't know, so he just pretty much, like, the same analogy I just gave you, like, from that from that moment forth, um, he was pretty much like, it may have started off as one wound, but from that one wound, um, it created more and more. So even where he's at now, and, and I'm still praying for him, but even where he's at now, he doesn't realize it, but even like the way that he communicates, the way that he sees people, the way that he acts, who knows, maybe even the way that he thinks, has already been distorted it's it's already been perverted so unless he gives his life over to God and in which I'm praying for every day and I know that God could do all things God is a miracle worker and he can literally change anyone's heart and I'm still believing God that he will but even with saying all that if he does not surrender and give his life over to God he's going to continue to bleed on more and more people um so I say all of that to 
talk about our topic today about this war on lust. Um, because like I said, that happened to me at a young age, but it was almost like ever, literally ever since that event took place, the way that I, I viewed, you know, of course at the time, like young boys, like everything was perverted. Like I, and I'll be honest, because like I said, this is transparency. This is like an open diary. This is, this podcast is an open diary where I share my stories. I share, you know, testimonies. Um, I share pretty much my life, uh, my my healing journey. Because um, I mentioned this before, like a healing journey is never ending. So it's not one of those things where like you get on it and then, okay, you know, I'm good. No, like healing journey is never ending. We're constantly being healed. So I'll be honest, that's something that I still struggle with today. Now, one thing I will say that I thank God for, and this is why I say I'll never be who I used to be. It was a lot more intense. Like when I was in high school, honestly, when I was in like elementary, all, all through college, I, I never, I had such a hard time seeing like men, like, in the right manner, you know, like in, in an appropriate manner. Um, like I know for me, because I, I struggle with being promiscuous. Um, I, I had this perverted view that, okay, well, in order for me to feel like wanted, like I thought like, okay, well, we, if I'm in a relationship, like a guy has to show me that he loves me by like sexually, you know? And, and I, that's how I, I viewed it for so long. Um, and another thing too, that I want to share, because mind you, like the reason why I'm breaking it down like this is because I want you guys to see how, what was sparking within me, it wasn't something that, like I said, wasn't there. And then out of nowhere, because that happened, you know, all throughout the rest of my life, I just started struggling with this. No, it was something that God had showed me that there it, it was a pattern. It was a pattern. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's that's another uh, another way that I can explain what a generational cycle is. It's a pattern, but this pattern is toxic. This pattern is dysfunctional, and these patterns are lies. But because it has become a pattern. And no one has stepped up to the plate to say, yo, no one sees that this is wrong. Like, no one sees that, first of all, like, the way that we're communicating is, like, first of all, it's rude, it's mean. Like, and, you know, and I'm using it as an example, but that's really what it is. It's a pattern. So the thing was, I don't know. I'll be honest, I haven't even asked, like, because remember, I have family, like, my dad's side and my mom's side. So I haven't even gone as far to really truly see like okay so I noticed this didn't just happen to me and I know that because the one one of my family members in whom did it to me I told you he revealed to me that it happened to him so I'm like hold up you're not just gonna tell me that it just that it just happened to me and then it happened to him and no one else no somewhere within the lines and this is how this is how the enemy pretty much feeds on the patterns because the whole you know what happens in this house stays in this house or even um what I shared with you guys before on my mindset of all right you know what well this is a close family member so I'm not going to tell nobody you know because I'm trying to protect him or I'm trying to protect her or vi- or you know vice versa 
or thinking to myself like, okay, well, I mean, it's been what, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I mean, who won't believe me? But, and I thank God because he broke me out of that. And that was, oh my gosh, that was a major breakthrough for me because for the longest I had feared, what were people going to say? How was my family going to view me? If I told them so-and-so did this, they're going to look at me like, really? So you just lived all your life and you didn't tell nobody that this traumatic thing happened to you this whole life-changing thing happened to you and for the longest but and even that I just want to speak on that even that those are lies so if there's anyone that's listening and you know you've combated you've you've heard those lies of who's gonna believe you like those are lies straight from the pits of hell do not believe them and God will show you himself like God had to show me that God was pretty much asking me you know, through my healing journey, do I trust him? And I feel like because he's such a sweet father, he presents that to us like numerous times, like numerous times throughout our walk and our journey with him. And he, and if anyone knows, whenever God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. No, God asks a question a lot of the times to make us, like literally to have us to think like, okay, first of all, if you look at the resume of God, God has God says in his word, he would never leave us nor forsake us, but God so much so showed us even what that looked like, right? So with that being said, God asked me several times, do you trust me? And as scared as I was, yes, God, I trust you. Okay, well, if you trust me, then you got to trust that this thing, this, this thing that was once a secret, you're going to have to share it with not just your family, right? With not just close friends. Um, No, you're going to, this is something that you're going to have to share with, who knows, possibly the world. But he was saying that it's not for me to share it to feel some kind of way. It's for me to share it so I can be set free from it. Because God was like, you are not the only one, my child, that has gone through this. And just because someone hasn't gone through the same exact thing that you've gone through, everyone has gone through some form of trauma in their lives. But the thing, this is what, this is what pretty much keeps patterns and generational cycles in play. Everyone remains silent. So if no one is speaking up about it, if no one is shedding a light, right? If no one is exposing the truth, then lies, what do they do? They fester in the dark. That's what lies do. And what's tied to lies is the things that I mentioned, such as patterns, such as uh, generational cycles. What they're doing is they're festering in the dark. Just because they're in the dark doesn't mean they're not there. But I thank God because he's raising up his sons and his daughters to be that light, to shine the light on the things that were once hidden. Just because it's hidden, it's still there. But someone needs to be a light. Someone needs to speak up and say, the cycle ends with me. So this, you know, I, I've struggled with 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 lust for a long time. And I've struggled with being promiscuous for a long time. And even, um, I want to say, ninth, ninth through even 11th grade, for, a lo- for like that period of time, I... I'm just going to say it like I was addicted to pornography and I was. It, and the thing was, it started off like it didn't just start off straight to that, but it started off when I was younger um, as well. So like I said, 
the first event that I shared with you guys was a seed. So let me thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to break it down that way. What I shared with you guys the first time, that first event that happened was a seed. And that seed, of course, was corrupted. It was distorted. It was filled with lies. It was filled with fear. But it was a seed. And it was a corrupted seed. Then after that, it's almost like it opened a gateway a gateway for more corrupted seeds. So after that, um, after that first event, it, it, what led to it, um, was, you know, seeing things I shouldn't have seen and meaning like seeing perverted, uh, uh, videotapes, you know, if, uh, let's see, I was born in 1998. So, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not old. And then like, I'm not like, you know, a spring chicken, but, um, I was aware and I was, you know, when I guess you could say, oh my gosh, what are they called? Oh, Jesus. VCRs. I hope and pray I'm saying that right. Somebody please feel free to reach out to me and correct me if I'm saying that wrong, but pretty much where there was tapes, not even DVD players, but you know, those tapes. And if anyone knows what I mean, those tapes that were just hanging around with, you know, of, of pornography with the images, the images and stuff on the back of it. Um, and the little kid that I was just curious. I would even read, look at the case and everything and be like, hmm, okay, what's that? Right? And it was, just, but it was things that was laying around, things that should not have been because, and the reason why I say should not have been is because number one, you know that kids are living in that house. You know that kids get in everything. Um, but even that, because as, actually as a matter of fact, because where I was about to go was actually going to set it up to, to make an excuse. I just want to say this. If even something like that is still in your household, then that's clearly an area in which you need to ask God to help you with. Because even the parents themselves, so let alone not even thinking about, okay, the children could get into this, let alone, okay, but I have children and I'm still tied to this. I'm still watching this. So uh, but I digress, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but even just seeing those things, um, and even just being exposed to those things at a young age, it just, it sparked even more curiosity within me, like, hmm, okay, and growing up, going to school, like I said, even when I was younger, I just, very, very promiscuous little girl, very curious, um, doing things with boys I had no business doing, viewing boys in, in a completely perverted, like, just crazy way. Um, these thoughts would come to my mind that I wasn't even, a lot of times I'm, I'm not even trying to think about it, but it would just come like flashes, images of just, you know, just sexual acts or other things just happening or of men or whatever it was. And I dealt with this for a long time. And then in high school, it intensified. Um, to the point where I was like, hmm, okay, well, you know, I got a little, I think at the time I had an iPod. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't, I, I don't even know. I don't even think I still have it. But at the time I had an iPod, um, like probably the first generation. So internet, of course I had internet and I was, you know, inter internet is definitely in my timing. Uh, but um, internet plus the iPod plus having time on my hands, plus the fact that um, all these corrupted seeds that I shared with you guys, 
played a major role as to, okay, well, hmm, well, I mean, we already passed curious, so might as well start looking stuff up. And and I don't want to, you know, I don't really have to expound on that because I would hope and pray you guys know where I'm trying to go with that. But I just wanted to use it as an example to show you how patterns um, are passed down. So with that being said, I, you know, I was addicted to pornography for a probably up maybe up until my junior senior year of high school um and then when I got to college um as a matter of fact even before college I I want to say my junior year is when I had like my first real boyfriend at that time I was so hyped because I'm like oh my gosh you know someone finally likes me and and even that bad decisions bad decisions and I was sexually involved with him such so young like I said so um ignorant at that time but I I, and I'm not even using any of that as an example I still had to go before God and say father I take full you you know I have to own up for what I did I take full responsibility that I was wrong whether if whether if I you know had a full understanding of what was happening or you know either way God I was wrong cleanse me from it um but it just once again so once I graduated high school you know started getting older body started changing you know and I'm an athlete so I play sports so for the most part you know I was pretty fit um I wasn't (laughs) as chubby as I was in middle school in the beginning of high school so I was losing a lot of weight as I was running track playing tennis um and all these different things, I started getting my eyebrows done, um, which was, whew, I thought I was something with that. I wasn't wearing any makeup yet, but I listen, listen, okay, I mean, either way, I look good without makeup, but just, just stay with me, stay with me. But, um, um, yeah, so I started getting older, and then, if anyone knows, going to any new environment, so whether it be college, whether if it be um, you're moving to a new town, you know, new city, new state, it's a new environment. So that means that, you know, that people that knew you, they'd be like, oh, that's Miana. But when you go somewhere different, oh, my, who's Miana? You know, so I went off to college and I'm just, what do you think happened? There was more corrupted seeds and more so because I went away to college. So I was I was an hour away from my house, but I stayed on campus. So, of course, I made a ton of mistakes. I was involved with several, several men. And mind you, when I went to college, I was, I was 16. So I was, I'm always like, or I was always considered in the, I guess you could say in the little group of friends that I had, I was always considered the baby because I, my birthday's in October. I just always so happened to be the youngest person. So I was a freshman in college, 16. Um, so can you imagine that? That's even more dangerous. Like I said, the things that I was involved in, I truly thank God that even all the places that I put myself in, I truly thank God that he covered me. Oh my gosh, when I tell you guys, I was so foolish. I was so foolish. I was so blind, but I truly thank God that he covered me. And if anyone can testify on that, that you've been some places that you know you're not supposed to be. You've been around people that whether if God told you not to be around it or not, you you had this, that gut feeling was the Holy Spirit. But, you know, we're just going to use it as a gut feeling because maybe you didn't know that yet. But you had a gut feeling. You, you didn't really have a good feeling or maybe 
you were there and you were in an environment and you were just looking around and you knew you shouldn't be there but because your friends are already there you're there you can't back out now y'all know what I'm talking about and I hope and pray you I'm, pr- I'm if, if we're being honest if we're being open then I'm pretty sure a lot of you can relate that whether no matter what the environment was you knew that uh, something in your life or there was somewhere that you were in your life that you knew you weren't supposed to be but God but God still protected you still covered you still made sure that you made it home safely or wherever it is that you were going safely uh, so I truly thank God for that but um in college I was involved with a lot of different men and for me this is this was so amazing. Well, of course, at the time, it didn't feel good. But this was so amazing of what God was showing me. Because the thing was, the older I got, the more every like the trauma that I had experienced was coming out. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, I was, so I used to do this thing where I used to just kind of like ghost people. And if anyone knows what I mean, it's pretty much just like, when you just dip out of somebody's life, like you dip in somebody's life and out out of nowhere, like with no warning. For me, it was like no response. It was no heads up. It was like, all right, deuces. And I wouldn't, that's like, I was saying deuces without even saying deuces. I was just walking out of people's life. All right, on to the next. Mm, you know what? You didn't make me happy today, so I'm good. And God was showing me like, first of all, when he finally sat me down and he convicted me, with all this he was like do you see how toxic you are and this was one of the things when God had spoke to me about this it actually it really hit and it hurt it hurt me because I had to really truly sit down and view it from God's viewpoint and God said to me he said you know what with all the trauma that you've been through he said do you realize that you're actually the one causing it now When I tell you when when the Lord said that to me, I, I first of all, crying, snot, nose, everything, because I'm like, God, I, like I had no words. But of course, everything that God was saying was true, but he was correcting me. And I thank God that he was because it, you know, God says in his word, he corrects those whom he loves. <clears throat> so I thank God that I was corrected. I thank God that he didn't just let me go as far as I could have gone, which was destruction, which could have led to death. So I truly thank God for that. But it, when God had said that to me, I had I broke down everything within me. I was just like, wow. And all throughout college, I was making all of these bad decisions. And it got to a point where there was one decision um that pretty much I want to say that things had gone further than I had ever allowed it to go. Um, we just we just go, we gonna keep it PG thirteen, so I'm gonna say that. And it was it was with one one man in particular that of course I am not connected with, definitely someone in my past. This has been years ago, um, but it was with the particular man who, and it was so so crazy the whole dynamic. He was so disrespectful, and I'm not speaking on his character. I'm speaking on how he treated me very disrespectful cursed at me like so beneath God's best for me that's the best way I want to explain it like so far beneath that like not even on God's radar for me but because I got to a point in my life where okay 
like a part of me wanted to be in a committed relationship and the other part of me didn't. Um, but this was, of course, this is where the trauma kicked in. So this is where the ghosting kicked in. So this is where God was revealing to me, um, the effects from the, from the unresolved, the undealt with trauma. Cause God was showing me that you do realize you keep going from man to man to man or relationship to relationship. And the reason why you can't stay committed is because you keep running away. And the reason why you keep running away is the fear that, okay, well, since I've been hurt before in the past, I'm gonna hurt you first. So since, since in the past I was hurt and I didn't see it coming, but you know what? I built this protective wall that said, you know what? No, I'm going to get, I'm going to get mine in first and then I'm going to, I'm going to dip out. So I'm going to do what I feel like needs to be done and then I'm going to leave. And that was just like a pervert. That's once again, a lie and just like a perverted uh, view, just a perverted way of even thinking. Um, so there was a decision that I made with this particular man. And I had thought at the time that I was pregnant. Um, I, I really did. And this was my, this was so, oh my gosh, I actually speak about this testimony in the first chapter of my book, Free from the Lies Within. And I titled that, um, Commission for Spiritual Warfare, which is actually so tied to, to what I'm going to expound on today about just war on lust and how we wrestle not right against flesh and blood. Um, so even the things that I was wrestling with, the lust, the perversion, the promiscuity, like everything, all these things that I was wrestling with was actually bigger than me. Like it was a, there was a, there's always a spiritual warfare going on. But at the time, like I said, I didn't understand, I didn't understand the concept of spiritual warfare and all this other stuff. So I just, I just thought like, God, maybe it's me. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I had to take ownership of the decisions and stuff that I made, but God ultimately revealed to me like, no, what I'm dealing with is something that was past like all of these un um I'm sorry familiar spirits so if anyone the best way I can explain what what a familiar spirit is <clears throat> there was um there was a pattern of specific guys that I that ultimately was like drawn to me and then vice versa I was drawn to them so what I mean by that is there was like a specific characteristic that they had um the way that they talked the way that even some of them looked, the way that they acted, like it was something that I was even, it's so amazing because I was actually even unaware that I was drawn to pretty much like the same type of person. Like it was a different person, but it was the same circumstance. Like it was the same situation. If anyone, like if you can kind of understand what I'm saying. And that's what a familiar spirit is. It's, it's ultimately something that you know, like I said, our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, someone that they were drawn to or, you know, some kind of toxicity that they allowed into their lives that was just pretty much passed down onto me. Um, so even with that being said, um, if you read chapter one, I share the full testimony. And yes, it, it turned out, I truly thank God that I wasn't pregnant. But what that showed me was because when I thought that I was Around this time, I was, it was actually weeks before I was going to get baptized. So it was so amazing because it was almost like that last act, God was kind of like enough. Like if, if I could hear God like speak to me at that time, I feel like what he was trying to like convey to me was my child enough. Enough is enough. And 
the reason being was my eyes, it wasn't fully open yet, but it was almost like when I thought that I was, I panicked. I panicked and I never cried out to God like so much. Like I, I just kept saying like, God, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not ready to be a mother. I'm too young. Mind you, I'm still in college. I'm like, God, I don't know what I was doing. And God was just like, enough is enough. And I thank God because no, I wasn't pregnant, but I thank God because he still showed his grace and his mercy. Like I, I want to say that was by far the first time, not that I had experienced because I thank God he's been covering, covering me all my life, but that was the first time that my eyes were ever open to what God's grace and mercy looks like in my life. Um, and it was so amazing. So if anyone reads the testimony, I'm going to just kind of sum it up like this. The day that I got baptized, I, uh, as we were putting on our white robes, you know, we were told to, you know, go to the bathroom and change. As I was uh, changing, I was like, oh, let me use the bathroom. So I don't want to get too, you know, I don't know if you're eating food while you're listening to this. But, uh, but when I used the bathroom, pretty much I saw that, you know, my menstrual cycle had came. Um, but it was the day of my baptism. Now, mind you, before that, I had I was actually late. So that's that's another sorry. That's another um, point that I left out was that's the reason why I was panicking um, more even more so. And why I thought I was pregnant was because my my menstrual cycle at that time was late. And then I was like, man, well, the last person I was with was with so and so. And we did this or whatever the case may be. So um, but I truly thank God, because what God showed me was what I experienced on that day, February 25th, 2018, I'll never forget. I will never forget that day because it was more than a baptism for me. It was, it was a redemption ceremony. It was a redemption ceremony like no other. Um, and I truly thank God, but even I want to say after that, that's when, that's when I started this is when I actually started pleading. Now, mind you, I know you probably say like, man, so you like, you wasn't pleading before to ask God to help you with this like lust and stuff like that. But the thing was, like I said, I was still operating in my brokenness. So for me, I wasn't, none of that phased me. I was just doing what I thought pleased me. And, and you know, I was in the world and, and, and all these other things. And I didn't know who I was. I believed this false identity that, my identity was found through athletics and, and all these, all the, oh my God, so many things. Um, but God ultimately showed me, uh, once I finally gave my life over to him, God was showing me that, yeah, there's, there's a real bigger issue here. Like God is so sweet. Cause he was like, yeah, I showed you my grace and your mercy. Um, and yes, you're not pregnant. And I know, you know, he was like, I know you got lip service, you know, meaning like I said to God, oh, God, if I'm not pregnant anymore, I won't be involved with any man unless he's my husband. Um, and ultimately, I truly thank God that I have and will continue to stick to that word. Um, and I just decree and I declare that in the name of Jesus over my life that I will not be involved with any man. So I'm just decreeing, I'm declaring that right now in the name of Jesus, that I will not be with any other man unless he is my husband, unless I know that he is sent from God for me. Um, but I, I remember saying that as well in my prayer, 
um, the day before my baptism. And I was just like, God, please, I'm not ready. Like, I won't do this anymore. And even after that, you know, the, you know, it was so amazing. This is honestly for me, what was the wake up call? Because after I had gotten baptized, um, I want to say a, a couple, a couple weeks in, um, I had kind of just, the urges were still there. The, the, the thoughts were still there. Um, the mindset was still heavy, like <laughs> emphasis on the heavy. Like I would be in class in the urge, like I would feel an urge, like, like a thought will come into my mind, like a vision will come into, like of all these perverted things, of these sexual acts, all these things. And I, I came to a point where I, I remember I came back to my dorm room one day and I was like, God, what is this? Like, why? Like, and like I said, you know, at the time I thought like, you know, immediately after being baptized, I was, you know, going to be stripped away from that. And God was like, no, that's not how that works. Um, but God was so amazing because he was showing me, he was like, let me tell you a secret, my daughter. That's not really a secret, but he was, he was, God pretty much said that the reason why I'm struggling, why the urges are even more intense is because I was trying to, I was trying to break it on my own. Like I was trying to create my own breakthrough. Like I was like, all right, God, you delivered me. You gave me another chance. You know, I'm not, I'm not pregnant. So I'm not doing that again. Now the thing was, yeah, I'm going to speak that over myself and say, I'm not going to do that again until, you know, the next man would be my husband. But the thing was, God was like, even decrees and declarations, they don't just happen out of nowhere. Like they don't happen because I, I forced it to happen. Like there still needs to be reliance. See, you know, like there still needs to be like a dependency on God to be like, okay, God, I'm decreeing and I'm declaring that, but it's not going to be done without you. So God, I need like, can we collab? Can we join together? We have to do this together. Um, and the God has shown me that the reason why the urges were even more, even after uh, I had given my life over over to Christ and um, after I had been, I guess you could say, made new again, God was just like, stop doing it on your own. Because he was like, if you do it on your own, you're actually going to fall even further than when you fell before you came to me. Um, and I truly thank God because that was actually about to happen. And I thank God that he stopped it and he helped me. He helped me literally in that moment to say no, but it's one of those things where, um, fast forward a couple years later where I'm like, okay, God, now this thing, I thank God because it wasn't as intense, but it's still, like I said, one of those things that I struggle with even now. Um, and it's one of those things where like, I'll get frustrated from time to time. I thank God because it used to be like frequent, like every day kind of thing. Like it doesn't matter where I was. It doesn't matter. Like if I met a man, like, and this is also another, this is also another example of having a perverted mindset towards men or vice versa towards women, because I don't want you guys to think like, oh, it's just sexual. No, for me, it was this brokenness of um, not being whole in God. So what I mean by that is like every man that I met or every man that I meet, um, for the most part, I automatically assume like, oh my gosh, okay. Like not every man, like if he was a man and let's just say, you know, he loves the Lord and you know, he's sweet or kind now I automatically think, oh, okay, he's my husband. 
that that's possibly my husband and God was like but there's still something wrong with that and then what and then it's so funny but not funny but I'm using this as an example because what turns into that thought like if we don't cast down our thoughts like God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, if we don't bring those thoughts literally to God, if we don't compare it with his word, if we don't say, okay, this don't add up, this don't line up, then what happens is this is, this is when our imagination goes wild. So where I'm at now, and I truly thank God, is it's not so much like, okay, I still have a perverted mindset of like, you know, sexual things or you know anything like that for me it's okay God can you please help me to just meet a a man of God or even just a man in general and just see him as a brother in Christ automatically like see him as a not even a friend because I was about to say because not everybody's your friend but just seeing them automatically as a brother in Christ as opposed to oh my gosh he's so sweet oh my gosh he prays oh my gosh he loves the Lord this may be my husband no (laughs) no that's not the case and for me it was one of those things where I pleaded with God um several oh my gosh there's been so many nights where I have laid at, at the feet of Jesus and asked him, God, take this away from me. God, take this out of me. God, I'm not. And uh, this is what I used to say. And honestly, I used to be like, God, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be perverted towards him. Like, you know, like I'm not trying to picture these things in my mind like honestly a lot of the times God I could just be sitting down eating and a random thought will come like it's it's not even something like I'm not trying to I'm not even trying to imagine it anymore like and I truly thank God because that's how I can tell that God has been delivering me and healing me but I'm still not fully delivered and and honestly I there's going to be a lot of things that where God is not going to fully deliver us um number one because we wouldn't need God. If we was fully healed, completely healed, completely holy and righteous at that point, we should hopefully be with God at that point. But even while we're still down here on earth, I don't, I thank God that I'm not delivered from everything because if I was, then I wouldn't have a need to come to him. I'll be like, all right, bet I'm, I'm good. But it was so amazing because God had shown me that even what I was pretty much pleading for, God had to remind me that I don't want you to get so caught up in like, yes, if I'm still having thoughts like that, bring it to me, right? You know, bring it to God. But God also was showing me too, like, but can you take, just take a second. I don't want you to, to necessarily dwell, but I do want you to just remember how far I brought you. Um, and even those that are generational cycle breakers. So if you're listening to this and you, and you know, this topic that I'm talking about, about war on lust, and you know, this is something that you've struggled with, or you know, that this is, um, on top of that, you know, that this is something that God has spoken to you about. And he has called forth for you to be the person in your family, to break this off of your bloodline, to break this off of your family. God just wants you to know that this is of course a process. This is a journey um, but that the only way anything is going to be broken, the only way we're going to see breakthrough, the only way that we're going to see this cycle end with us is, is number one, if we collaborate with God, but also if we're not hard on ourselves, like this is a process, but that's why every thought that we have, we're supposed to take it to God. 
not only are we supposed to take it to God because it helps us. No, because what we're what we're trying to break is bigger than us. What we're trying to break is so that way our children don't ever have to experience any of this. Like so that way it's not passed down. That means before the children come, it's not passed down. Um, but I do want to read a couple of scriptures. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Um, if y'all hear me get excited, <laughs> pretty much halfway throughout it, just be patient with me. But I do, I want to read a couple of scriptures. So I want to start off with Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. Um, so like I said, for some of you, you may be just listening to this while you're driving. So I understand. I know you can't pull out the Bible, you know, unless you pulled over on the side of the road, please don't, don't even try to pull up the Bible app on your phone because you still, you should be driving. So just, just listening as, as I, as I read it. Okay. So the scripture says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And it's just so amazing because when I was, um, even now, God has to constantly remind me, like when I plead and I ask God, like, God, you know, is it me? Like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, like I said, I had to own up um, for and notice how this is my third time mentioning that mentioning mentioning this. Uh, sorry, guys, but this is my third time mentioning this. So normally if I repeat things, that's kind of like a hint, hint to like the Holy Spirit's trying to like, you know, get something to you the holy spirit's kind of like trying to like tell you something so mind you i still had to own up i still had to go before god i still had to confess to him what i had did because regardless of if i was lost if i was broken if i was hurt i was still i still had to take responsibility for the consequences um i'm sorry responsibility for the decisions that i made and as well as consequences i still also had to accept the fact that okay, you know what, God, I made this mistake and this may happen, this may not, but either way, I own up to it and I don't blame nobody else. So um, even as I had to come before God and even when I do come before God, I always ask him, God, please forgive me for my the part that I played in it. Father, I don't blame nobody else for the things that I've done. And it's so sweet because after a while, God was like, okay, I hear you, my daughter, I hear you. And you are, you are forgiven. Just know that the moment you came to me with a sincere heart, uh, truly repenting, you are forgiven. But then God showed me, um, more and more with my walk with him. He said, yeah, but my daughter, uh, this is actually bigger than you. And this is so amazing. Cause this was around the time when God had called me, when God had showed me who I was and God said, you are going to break a lot of cycles off of your bloodline, off of your family. So God has showed me, he said, you know, a lot of this, yes, you have, you have started a lot of it or whatever has happened to me. I have been the cause of it, but a lot of it, God said, a lot of these things are things that your family did not overcome. It's patterns that have been passed down to you, but God is so sweet because when he showed me that, um, you know, this also is what helped me with um, the healing process and, and the forgiveness, uh, process where I was able to forgive those that hurt me because God was showing me that there's no need for me to be upset with my mom or with my brother or with my stepdad or with anyone else in my family, because first and foremost, it's not them. It was not them that was behind it. 
Um, and that's why it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So for me to hold it, first of all, to hold a grudge against anyone is actually going to hinder my growth is going to hinder, um, you know, the things that God wants to do for me It's going to hinder my freedom point blank period. But on top of that, God was just showing me that like, this is bigger than you. Like the things that you've experienced, like the molestation at a, at a young age, the being introduced at a very, very young age to very inappropriate sexual, you know, videos and images and all that stuff. That was like schemes. Those were just, but those were schemes. So those were schemes that were pretty much that derived from the pattern. So God has shown me like what I'm, what I need to go to war with is it's not just physical. Like it's not even that it's not just physical. It's not physical period. It's not these things are taking place in a spiritual realm. And this is when God started to open my eyes more and more about spiritual warfare. Um, um, and another, so yeah, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Um, so I, I want to read second Corinthians chapter 10 verses four through five. All right. So I'm going to start with verse four. So it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. So before I even go any further, notice there's like a common theme. So I just read Ephesians 6 and 12, and it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So it's not flesh and blood. It's not a person. This is why a lot of times God is showing me that even when we get into arguments or like disputes with people, this is why like. Of course, God always says, take everything to prayer. But now I'm starting to learn the real meaning because the thing is, we could argue for one, two, three hours. And what are we really going to accomplish from that? Uh, opposed to, okay, now I, I hurt your feelings. You hurt my feelings. Things were said. Now we both apologizing. But mm, there's certain wounds that is actually going to take a little bit longer than others to kind of heal. So it's almost like, what do you gain from that? The same thing with even just violence going on in this world and killing people and all this other stuff we're not accomplishing nothing right people are just experiencing premature deaths you're hurting families you know you're, you're bringing grief on families you know like and i'm just using that as an example but there's a common theme god is saying that the our fight like the way that we should be at war is in prayer that is how we fight our battles. And it's an amazing thing. It's not even us that fights our battles. It's God. But meaning that's we take it to God so that way he can fight our battles as opposed to, you know what, God, I got this because number one, that's super cocky. And it's not it's actually going to get worse when we try to put our hands in things. And when we try to be like, all right, God, you know what, God, I think I got this one. Uh, No, this is why things get worse. You know, people are hurt. Um, feelings are hurt. Things are being said, whatever the case may be, or for even some people die, you know, people are dying premature deaths, whatever the case may be, because we don't realize that this is a spiritual warfare. Um, so I'm going to keep reading. So verse five says, casting down arguments and every high thing that it exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, before I go any further, I had to look this up and I think I thank the Holy Spirit for even guiding me um, and leading me to do this. So what I found two definitions of what arguments mean, like. And it was so amazing because when I looked them up, this is why I said I'm probably going to get a little happy because when the Holy Spirit revealed this to me, I was like, oh, and I was in my car when I saw it, too. So 
So the first definition that I found of what an argument is. So an argument is a statement or a series of statements for or against something. So now before I even go to the second definition, I just want to stop there. So verse five is so vital because God actually, God actually literally gives us a blueprint. He literally shows us what we should do. What do we do when we read the word of God, but our lives look the total opposite of what God says? So for example, God says in his word, we are the lenders and not the borrowers, but the way my debt is set up, my debt don't look like I'm a lender. My debt look like I keep borrowing, <laughs> you know, it just, just look like I'm actually the borrower as opposed to God says that I'm above and not beneath. But right now, why do I feel like I'm at my lowest and who knows you could really truly feel you could really truly maybe even be at your lowest, but, but God, I thought you said that I would be above and not beneath. I thought you said that I would be the head and not the tail, but why do I keep coming last and everything? And this is why it's so, um, verse five is so vital because God knows that there's something and that something of course is the enemy is fighting to get our attention. It's fighting to get us to lose our faith. It's fighting to get us to uh, turn away from God, to walk away from God, for us to just give up everything. And that, of course, is the enemy. But how, so the enemy himself cannot physically harm us. Um, so how does he do that? Through manipulation. But even through manipulation, how does that necessarily come about? Manipulation he can manipulate us to manipulate ourselves, if that makes any sense. So the manipulation can be tied to one simple whisper, one simple lie. Oh, did God really deliver you from that? All right, so you telling me, so you telling me God really delivered you from alcohol and drugs, but come on, you listen. You know you still struggle with it. You know you still have the urges. So are you really fully delivered? Boom. That right there, that's a lie. And not only is that a lie, that's one of the things that God is saying, cast down any argument. So that, cause that's an argument. Because what does God, what does God's word say about that? So if let's just say someone gives their life over to Christ, whatever addictions, whatever issues they had, God says in his word, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The old has gone. The addiction has gone. So you have to speak this over yourself in the name of Jesus. I am no longer addicted. God, you took the taste out of my mouth. No one could have done that but you. Someone may not even fully understand and that's okay. And I pray for them that they truly experience the miracle working power of God. The old has gone, the new is here. So now if someone's reading that and they go on there in their day, la 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 la, boom, a whisper. Oh, where are you going? Oh, you going over to, to your friend's house? Okay. Oh, was it a little party, a little get together? Okay. Yeah, really? So... You, you really think that the old you, you really think like you're not, you're not who you used to be anymore? Really? Hmm. Okay. Hmm, what, they're going to have alcohol there? Hmm. Right, now, you know, you've been struggling. You know, you've been struggling. So, I mean, 
come on you're not really like you're not really over it god didn't did, did he really deliver you and i'm and all of that is lies there's all of that is what's considered an argument so let me read it again a statement so an argument is a statement or a series of statements for or against something so god's argument which is not even an argument because it's the truth but so you have god's truth that says if anyone be in christ he is a new creature the old has gone and the new is here so that is a truth so now you have the truth warring with the lie and i want to read the second definition of an argument and it says an argument is a statement or group of statements called premises so a premises is something that is intended to determine the degree of truth, Jesus, or acceptability of another statement. The truth versus the lie. So God's truth versus the enemy's lies. And when God had revealed this to me, it was so amazing because even when I was when I told you guys that I was, when I gave my life over to Christ and, and, you know, and I started walking with him, these urges, I still, the urges were still there. The, the thoughts were still there. The way that I even viewed men and relationships and in general, all of that was still there. And that, that lie, come on, you still, you, you claim you a child of God, but you still got urges. Come on. You claim you a child of God and you can't even look at this man without, without imagining a life with him you can't even you can't even meet a man without even thinking he's your husband right and all of those are lies lies warring let me read this again so premises are intended to determine the degree of truth so a lie is trying to say is that really true doesn't this sound familiar to what satan presented to eve in the garden you surely won't you will you really die you surely won't die and it sounds so familiar so this is why it's so important to recognize God's voice from the enemy's voice, even from our voice, because you say, no, I'm new. I'm a new creature in Christ. No, the old me has gone away. The new is here. Yes, I may not be completely delivered of it today. Or who knows? Remember what I talked about before about the thorn and the flesh. And I'm actually going to talk about that in a second, because there are certain thorns that God will give us. To, to show us that my grace is sufficient for you. What does that mean? That I will, I will get you through this. You're going to be able to still live. You, you may still struggle with this. This may feel like something that's pretty much tugging on you. But guess what? My grace, my strength is made perfect in weakness. If you're never weak, you won't ever see what my strength looks like. If you think you got it all together, you're going to continue to keep falling and you're never going to see the grace of God on your life. But I, I don't want to I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm going to go back. And this is why God gives us a blueprint of what we should do in that moment. Now, I'll be honest. There are times where I don't take every thought. And, and this is me confessing this before you guys, because I, I, I don't want you to think like, oh, so Mayanna, you telling me every single thought that comes to your mind, even though you should be taking every because it says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ but there are times where i don't and guess what in those times i i, I tell you this much i go man i wish i would have did that because what happens when even even if you shrug it off even if you go oh man eh, shut up 
because I'll be honest, that's what I've said a couple of times. Man, be quiet. Be quiet. No, no. God, you did a new thing in my life. No. And a lot of the times I may not have said it out loud or I think to myself like, you know what? No. Or what I'll do is I'll be like, all right, you know what? Let me play some music or you know what? Let me watch this to kind of get my mind off of that. Because no, no. But I still have not acknowledged it. I still have not brought it to God and said, okay, God, just now, like, as you know, I literally just, this thought just came across my mind. I don't know. First of all, I know it didn't come from you. So I don't even, at that point, I already know it's not from you. So God, I'm giving this to you. God, please help me renew my mind at this very moment. And that's what we should be doing. But a lot of times we don't do it. I don't do it. But the thing is when we don't do that, it, what it does, it, it creates, um, it creates more and more of the imagination to flourish pretty much. Like it literally gives our imagination like an environment where it can just build on top of each other. And then what happens? A lot of the things that we start to imagine in our mind, if it's because we have not brought it under the obedience of Christ, because we have not surrendered it and given it to God, those lustful things can get out of hand and they can turn into actions, which creates sin. Sin leads to death. So I'm not saying you want to die, but I'm just giving the analogy of what it leads to, right? It can start off as a thought, then even still thinking about it, it's still a sin. So I'm not even going to like go past that and be like, and then it can turn into sin. No, because even the thought, having a thought and not, and, and expounding on it, expounding on it, meaning not giving it to God. And just saying, you know what, thinking, right, being too cocky to be like, you know what, no, I can handle this. No, no, I've, I didn't, I didn't had this thought several times and guess what, I still ain't do nothing. So you know what, no, God, I got this one. Because that's what you're communicating. You don't have to say that, but that's what, that's what we communicate. And I've communicated that several times and God has shown me several times. You see, my child, why you need to give that to me? Because you see what that just led to or you see what that could have led to. So Verse five is is so important because God gives a blueprint <clears throat> of what we should be doing in those moments when those thoughts come to our mind, when those images come to our mind, when uh, when even when we may feel the urges, um, God says to literally bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. <clears throat> um, so before I before I even move on. I, I want to say this. I want to say this. Whatever decisions, whatever it is that you've done in your past, that did not change God's plan for your life. That did not change the way that God views you and God still loves you. And I, I just want to say that because I, I pray that someone that is for someone that's listening that yes you we all make mistakes we all for, fall short of the glory of god but that does not change god's plan for you that doesn't like god is not like all right you know now i gotta alter his or her purpose now because no god still loves you god if anything like his love is unconditional it's it's unfailing God's still not going to leave you. But at the same time, so I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to match that up by saying this though that don't take advantage of the grace of God. Don't 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 think that his grace is just going to be, you know, 
all right, well, you know, I just keep messing up because God going to keep forgiving me. Not saying that God won't forgive you, but don't take advantage of his grace. Don't take advantage of God's grace and mercy. So I just I want to share this with you guys. Um, A couple of tips that the Holy Spirit actually placed within me to really share with you guys, because when you're someone, like I said, who, you know, you have been called by God and who knows? So amazing. You could be listening to this and. Even this episode alone, you could feel that God is calling you forth. So whether if you already had a foreknowledge before listening to this episode that God is calling you forth to be a generational cycle breaker, um, or, or even if you're listening to this and you, you know that, okay, God is definitely speaking to me, that even just the things that we war against to go back to what I said, it's not against flesh and flesh and blood. It's against something so much bigger than us in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm. That's why it's called spiritual warfare. But the things that are fighting for our attention, pretty much fighting for our lives. The reason why it's so intense is because of what God has placed down on the inside of you. So it's not even so much a matter of asking God, why me? No, God, what did you place down on the inside of me so much so that I got people, things coming from left to right, like just swings being swung at me. And thank you, Lord, I'm I'm ducking and I'm dodging them. But you know what, God, like I want to start, I want to start throwing the first win. I want to start throwing the first win. Um, so one of the first things that we can do that will help us for those, um, like I said, that, um, feel this calling on their life for one of the things that can that can help you is those times where you feel those thoughts creeping in those times where you feel the lies just being spoken and and sometimes the lies sound louder than the truth and it's in those moments where how we war against it we speak the word of God over our lives So when the enemy says that you're not even up, you don't even have the experience. Look at you. You made mistakes in the past. Who's going to hire you? Who's going to, who's going to want to, you know, be your friend? Who's going to want to be in a relationship with you? Who's going to want to do this? And then you, you comment back with confidence and boldness in your throat. And you read Philippians chapter four, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That God, wherever you send me, even if you send me, God, an environment that because there's temptation pretty much everywhere that we go. But God, even if you sent me in in an environment where there might be temptation around me, God, I trust you that you're going to be the one to strengthen me in that moment and that I can go anywhere that you tell me to go. I can minister Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I can minister to a man and to a woman without having these lustful thoughts towards them, right? I can actually be friends with a, a man and a woman without automatically thinking, is this my husband? Is this my wife? I can have a conversation with a man and with a, uh, with a woman without lusting after them. And they could be a dope person. I could be a dope person, but I can do all of that 
because you strengthen me, God. I can do anything through you, Jesus, because you're going to be the one to strengthen me. And that's, and I'm not saying that that's all you do and you're just going to be okay. No, but what that does is it pushes back the enemy. The enemy has no choice but to flee, right? God says in his words, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submitting to God is speaking, not just speaking, also believing in your heart that God's word is true. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. So if we are his children, that means that we are truth. Right? That means that we are truth. That means that we have truth inside of us. And the more and more that we get that truth inside of us is by speaking the word of God, is by studying the word of God, is by knowing. To know the word of God is not like memorizing it. It's like, no, I know that all things work together for my good. Right? Like knowing that. Knowing that, okay, my God will never leave me nor forsake me. Like I know that because I, because God's word is living and I've seen God literally show me that he's never left me in my life. And I know that he won't ever leave me because there was a situation where even my family had left me, but God, you never left me. You stood right there. And it's where, it's literally where you start to just decree and declare in the name of Jesus, God's word over your life. Um, another thing is prayer is prayer. I'm just going to say this right now because I feel like for some of you that might even be listening to this, don't let don't let that word intimidate you. First and foremost, that word is powerful. Prayer cuz prayer is powerful. But don't let what society, don't let what religion has said prayer should be to intimidate you. And here's what I mean by that. Prayer is Consistently seeking and pursuing the face of God. That means coming to God with what others may call, you know, embarrassing or, you know, what others may call like, oh, you're giving too much information. First of all, there's no such thing as too much information to God because God knows everything. But it's coming to God just as you are broken, wounded, hurt, disappointed, even angry right? Sometimes even in rage, that's still coming to God and saying, God, I'm upset. It's acknowledging. And it's not that when we come to God, we have to realize that when, even in prayer, the things that we're praying for, God is, God is not like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. This is the first time I've ever heard my daughter or my son even, even talk about this. No, God knows what's in our hearts. God, God created us. We're his children. God knows what's in our minds. He knows, you know, how we feel. He knows how, how we move, how we operate. God knows all of these things. So he's not new to any, you know, none of this is not new to him. But when we come, when we come before God, just as we are, we're showing God even more that God, I trust you with my life. I trust you even with my emotions, even with how I feel. And it's so amazing. I always go back to reading the book of Psalms and how David wrote all of these poems for God. And if you ever get a chance to even just read just one Psalm, but I hope and pray you read more than that. But even if you just read one Psalm, I mean, David pours out his heart. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. David poured out his heart, his mind, his soul, his spirit, his body. He laid it at the foot of the cross every time. He, you know, he didn't really... Honestly, he didn't hold anything back. 
David did not hold anything back. Even when David was angry, even when David was confused, even when David was in the midst of, of, of a storm or even, even also when David was doing things that he knew he shouldn't have been doing. Even when David was places where he knew he shouldn't have been. But the thing was, David wasn't perfect because no one's perfect but Jesus. But it's one thing that David was every time, every time he seeked the face of God. Every time he said, God, I trust you, even with how I feel. God, I'm actually, I'm actually angry with you right now. But you know what? I thank you, God. Number one, because you love me. And I thank you, God, that even when I bring this anger to you, you're actually going to show me what the real root behind that anger is. So prayer is consistently seeking, consistently pursuing and seeking the face of God. And not just like one time at it. No, like it's like the same way that you talk on the phone or you have conversations with your colleagues or friends or whatever it may be, your spouses, whatever it may be. Like it's the same it's not the same way, of course, you know, because, but it's it's in the same manner, meaning that how easily you can start a conversation with someone is how easy it should be to literally have a conversation with God. And remember, prayer is a conversation. And this is one of the things I had to learn. So this is so amazing when I actually got, when I got the revelation of it, um, because it actually took me a long time. I just thought prayer was, all right, guys, so that, so I got a list. So I'm about to, all right, did this and this and this and this. And I'll be like, okay, in the name of Jesus, amen. And then go on with my day. And I'll be honest, sometimes, sometimes I still do that. God forgive me, because sometimes I still do that. Um, but prayer is a conversation. Prayer is, okay, God, I am magnifying your name. First and foremost, I'm thanking you for even allowing me to be here. I'm thanking you, God, for my health or whatever it is you're thanking him for. And then it should move into, okay, God, these are my petitions. Uh, but God, and even those petitions should end with, but not my will, God, your will be done. And then even before you end the prayer, okay, God, what, what is it that you want to say to me? God, what is, what is it that you want to show me? And just a conversation, allow God to respond, allow God to respond. And God's not going to respond the way that, that, the way that we think. Cause I'll be honest, I used to be one of those. I used to get so frustrated. I used to be like, okay, God, so am I supposed to be taking the job offer? All right, bet. So let me listen. Okay. But God, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I still don't know what to do. Five minutes, five, five, 10 minutes go by. Hmm. Okay. So you say yes. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. My fault. You didn't even speak. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know? And, and that's what it was for me. And I used to get so frustrated and I, I, I'm telling you, I truly thank God that he specializes in stubborn children because I'm super stubborn. And I just truly thank God that he's so patient with me because literally he just whispered to me and he said, my child, I'm not going to respond to you the way that you think, but please guarantee that I heard your prayers. Please guarantee that if I, whether if I choose to answer it or not, it's going to be what's in the best interest of you. Like it's going to be what's best for you. Um, but just, just go to God and just remember to keep just praying, um, bring everything, everything to God, the good, the bad, the ugly, like bring everything to God. Don't hold anything back. Um, and, and like I said, that's what prayer is. Prayer is having a conversation when we have a conversation with certain people, right? Certain people we share things with because we might feel like it's too sensitive or, you know, with certain people, we got to hold certain things back or others, you know, we can share all of this with them as well. 
But when it comes to God, though, it's so much different. We bring everything, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bad, the things that we try to hide in the dark. God is saying, first of all, um, it's still there. And secondly, don't you know that I created light and dark? (laughs) So just don't be afraid. If anything, God is literally the only one that we can share our most secret, darkest, you know, things that we've held in. God is really the only one a lot of times that we can bring that to and we can actually talk to him about it. Um, And thirdly, and I want to read a scripture, um, surrender to God's will. So let his strength, let his strength help you. Um, So I want to read um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. Now, this is about what I spoke on earlier about the thorns in our flesh. So even with prayer, and I just want to go back a little bit, even with prayer, like I said, if you're coming to God and you're pleading, especially like I like I do as well, I'm not even going to say like I have done, like I do as well, where I plead and I ask God, Lord, please take this from me, God, Lord, take this lust from me, whatever it may be, you can like fill in the blank. So Lord, take this blank from me and you guys can fill it in. But even when we're pleading to God and we're asking God, God, I don't understand why, like I'm not even trying to do this, God, but I just can't stop, like whatever it may be, um, there One of the ways, this is why I said that it's so important where we take the time out to say, okay, God, I brought this before you. Now, God, I'm I'm waiting to hear from you, God. I'm waiting to hear your precious voice. And this is why it's so important to hear God's response. Because sometimes God may respond and he may say this. So in verse eight, it says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in needs and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I feel like for a lot of you, and even for me myself, when when God had opened my eyes to this, when God had literally responded to me, and he said that my grace is sufficient for you, that my strength is made perfect in weakness Jesus I thank you that there's going to be some things that God is going to say my child my son my daughter I'm actually I'm not going to fully deliver you from that but what I am going to do here's what I'm going to do here's what I've been doing for centuries for decades ever since literally I've been here like God is not new to this but God is so amazing because he's saying here's what I'm going to do what I've done in the lives of so many others I'm going to show you what my strength looks like when you are weak. Because you you are always going to be weak, my child. But I'm the almighty God. I'm a sovereign God. I can do everything. I control everything. All the power is in my hands. So I'm going to give you strength. But what I'm actually going to do is, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to leave a couple of things. You know why? Because... Mm, thank you, Jesus. 
look at it. You're actually coming to me. I've never heard you pray this much before. I've never seen you so devoted in my word before. I, I, I have to leave this. I have to leave some things so that way you'll always depend on me. So that way you'll always know that I'm a way maker, that you'll always know that I'm a miracle worker, that I'm a healer, that I'm a deliverer. But so you can always depend and rely on me. So you can always see that without me, you are nothing. That you wouldn't have what you have. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be breathing if it weren't for me. So I'm going to leave these couple of things, not because I want to see you suffer, but as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. So you still may struggle in this area. But even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the trial, even in the midst of the temptation, I'm going to show you that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And I'm going to show you that even in the midst of it, I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to give you my joy. And you're going to be an overcomer through me. So I, I truly, I, I truly just thank God and I pray that for whomever may have the opportunity to listen. And and I know I don't say this, um, but in this, especially in this generational cycle breaker series that that I'm doing, please, please share this. Be uh I, I don't I think it's called a virtual evangelist. So I don't know what the folks be saying now, but listen, we are all called to, to be an evangelist, honestly, because, you know, we should all be once, you know, God has come into our lives. We shouldn't want to keep that to ourselves. We, sh we should want to share that honestly with everyone. Um, but please share this, share this with someone and, and, you know, before you share it, you know, give them a little so that we don't feel no type of way like, oh. You saying that I got issues with lust? You saying that I struggle with this? But, you know, just for someone that, and in all sincerity, for someone that you know that's struggling with lust, that's struggling with being addicted to pornography for a young man, a young woman, or a man or, or a woman, whomever it may be, that, that the Holy Spirit places in your heart, be obedient, share it to them. Um, share it with so many others because this is not something like, I truly thank the Holy Spirit because what I'm even speaking on today, I know without a doubt that I am not the only one in this world that is struggling from this. But God is so amazing because he said, you know what? The more that I keep silent, the more that I keep saying, oh, well, God, if I share this, what will they think of me? No, the same thing that I said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, that if anyone is in Christ and, he, and, and he'll say to me, my daughter, are you in me? Yes, Yes, Lord, your spirit lives in me. Yes, God, I accepted you into my heart. Okay, so that means you're a new creation, right? Yes. Okay, so that means that the old you is gone. That means like you're never going to be the same again. Yes, Lord, I'm never going to be the same again. Okay, so the new is here. So yes, you may have made a lot of mistakes. You may have stumbled uh, maybe on a couple of paths you shouldn't have been down. And yes, you may struggle with the, the thorns in the flesh that I, I decided to leave. But guess what? Guess what? Because you are my child, because you seek my face, because you acknowledge the fact that 
I am not strong on my own because you acknowledge the fact that I cannot do anything without you, that I'm going to help you through it. That you're still, once again, to go back to what God said, his purpose for you has not changed. And this is where decreeing and declaring over yourself in the name of Jesus that, yes, I may have done those things, but not anymore. Not anymore. The devil is a liar. Yeah, I'm, I, I, maybe I used to be addicted to pornography, but not anymore. Not anymore. And through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps me to even set up boundaries. Thank you, Jesus. And, and that's why I, the Holy Spirit was left to be our helper. Because even in those moments, this is where God is going to show himself strong in our weaknesses. Because the Holy Spirit is our helper. So yeah, temptation is going to be there. The urge may even try to creep in, but that's where boundaries are set up. All right. So if I know that I struggle with so and so forth or whatever the case may be, maybe I shouldn't be hanging around these people or maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be put in this position where something could happen or whatever the case may be. You can, like I said, you can kind of fill in the blank, but just let God just have his way in your life. But just know that if you are in Christ, if you've accepted him into your heart, if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you are new. You're not going to be who you were. The more and more you start to think like, well, man, maybe I'm not as strong. as I No, you are strong. You know why? Because your strength comes from God. It is not your own strength. It is God's strength. So if it is God's strength, you're, you're not going to go wrong. But when we start to rely on our own strength, yeah, that's when we're going to fall. That's when we're going to crumble. But just know, just be confident and just be bold. Just speak this over yourself like, no, God, I'm not going back to that. No, God, I'm going to wait on the on the man of God that you have for me. No, God, I'm going to wait on the woman of God that you have for me. No, God, I believe, Lord Jesus, Father, because you said in your word that I'm worthy. So I believe that I'm worthy of a kingdom covenant. I believe that I'm worried. I'm worthy of a kingdom marriage. I believe that I'm worthy to break these cycles off of my family, Lord Jesus, and start a, a new covenant with you, God, a new covenant, Lord Jesus, where we're not going to tear each other down with our words, where we're not going to <clears throat> view each other in the, in this perverted manner. We're not going to keep secrets. No, we're going to bring everything to the foot of the cross. No matter how crazy they may sound, we're going to bring everything to you, God, because you are the ruler of this household, God. You reign in our lives. And as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And you have to really start to decree and declare these things over your family, over your life in the name of Jesus, that you are not who you used to be. You're not going back. Decree and declare that I'm only, I can only look forward. I, I'm only going to look forward. I'm not going to look back. So I thank you, Jesus. And like I said, please just share this. Share this with anyone that you know, anyone that the Holy Spirit places on your heart. Um, but I pray that this truly blesses each and every one of you. Um, I'm super excited. I don't want to announce anything really just yet uh, when it comes to like guest speakers because um, I may have a guest speaker on the next episode. I may not. Um, but I just, I want to just flow. Like I want to flow with the Holy Spirit. So as he tells me, I just want to flow with him. I don't want to get complacent. So Holy Spirit, keep me consistent, you know, keep me faithful. Um, that's the only way that I'll do is with you, God. But at the same time, I don't want to move ahead of him. Um, because the Holy Spirit was so adamant that the first, first of all, was so adamant about this series. Um, but that even the first, um, segment 
of this series is war on lust because like I said I know I'm not the only one in this world that struggles from that um and I truly pray that even the pointers that the Holy Spirit revealed to me I pray that it does help you um and then please like I said we are a family like just because y'all can't see me and I can't see y'all like we're still in the spiritual realm like we're family so um please like reach out to me I'm going to leave my email yes i'm gonna leave my email in the bio um hopefully there's a way i can do that i gotta see how to do that but i'm gonna leave my email in the bio below um and please like reach out to me like i want to oh my gosh i want to hear testimonies as a matter of fact please follow us on instagram thank you lord follow us on instagram at gggtt podcast um underscore podcast i know the gggtt it sounds a little weird but it's of course short for giving god glory through trauma podcast but of course you know instagram was like eh, too long so um <laughs> follow us on instagram at ggg gggtt underscore podcast and uh feel free to inbox us as well like inbox us like testimonies just just whatever it may be like maybe your own story you want to share but please like share it share it with us you can also follow um the ministry at giving god glory through trauma um feel free to inbox us just to reach out to us and like i said i just i would love to just hear your stories um and just remember that silence is going to withhold the freedom that god wants you to have in him but the thing is, the enemy does not want us to speak out. When we speak out, chains start to break off. When we speak out, bloodlines are shifted. So please, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will give you a boldness uh, to just speak on what has been going on, to, to give you a boldness and a confidence to just speak on your truth. Because, you know, what you're speaking on, just because it's in the dark, like I said before, doesn't mean that it's not there. But... It's one of those things where God is pretty much saying, do you want to be made whole? Like you keeping all the, all of these things in the dark, but yet you still crying and saying, God, I don't understand why I struggle with this. God, I don't understand like where this is coming from. But God is like, okay, I want to heal you. I want to help you. I want to, you know, place you on a, on this healing journey, but you got to put it on a table first. You, you, you got to let go of it. Like you, you got a tight grip on it right now. And I can't do much with it because it's in your hands. Cause you, you won't let it go. You won't give it to me. And God is just saying, just place everything, like whatever it may be. It doesn't matter how it sounds, how it looks, give everything over to God, place it on the table. God cannot heal what you hide. I'm going to say that again. God cannot heal what you hide. So just place everything on the table, lay it at the feet of Jesus and just say, you know what? I'm broken. I'm hurt. Like my mind is distorted. Like I got these issues, but God, I'm coming to you just as I am. Cause father, you said you didn't come back here to save those, you know, that are righteous or to save those that are healthy. God, you said you came back for those that are broken, lost and wounded God. So just don't hold anything back from God because ultimately what you're holding back is your breakthrough and you're holding back. Actually, what you're also holding back and holding up is even the fact that, okay, my family has struggled with this, but no one has broken it. But God is saying to you that God has chosen you to be the one to break these cycles. So 
I truly hope and pray that you guys have a wonderful and blessed week. And like I said, please, once again, um, reach out to us on Instagram at GGGTT underscore podcast um, or reach out to reach out to uh, the, the ministry's Instagram at giving God glory through trauma. Um, and like I said, I'm also going to leave my email in the bio below. And please just reach out to me um, if you just want prayer like just reach out to us just but you know one of the things about community is you never know what someone has gone through but you'll never know if you don't speak up or you'll never truly get to experience God's healing power God's restoring redeeming power or even you won't even be able to really truly experience or understand what God's grace and mercy is if you don't just speak up and speak out so I love each and every one of you, but my prayer is that God will start to awaken who you are in him. You are a cycle breaker. The cycle ends with you and just start declaring that. Just start speaking that over yourself on this week that, you know what, in the name of Jesus, the cycle ends with me, this cycle of lust, this cycle of broken communication, this cycle of, you know, perverted mindsets, this cycle of compromise, all these things, this cycle of even having a child out of wedlock, right? Like all these things, they end with me and Lord Jesus, I'm ready to build a, a new covenant with you. I'm ready to shift the bloodline so that way Jesus is your blood that flows through my veins and through my family's veins. So I love each and every one of you guys. Stay blessed and uh, stay cool too, wherever you are. It might be a little hot in the area, but I love you guys and uh, God bless you. What's up family? It's your girl, your sister, your nephew, your third cousin removed, 65th nephew removed, whatever. Hello, you guys. As I mentioned before in the previous episodes, we are a family. And this is actually so funny and amazing at the same time. The fact that I'm even um, sharing this and the fact that I'm even saying this with you guys, because for so long, um, what the enemy wants, he wants us to be separated. He wants us to be isolated. But rather, we don't realize that when two or three are joined together, God is in the midst. So the opposite of what the enemy wants is the kingdom agenda. And part of the kingdom agenda is community. So you guys, I really would love to just hear from you, whether if you feel moved to share your testimony, to share a story, to even just share about what God is doing in your life. Um, even if it's to confess your sins. I mean, the Bible says confess your sins one you to another so i mean whatever it is you you want to talk about whatever it is you feel led in your heart to share i want this to be a family and i want this to be a community where it of course is a non-judgment zone but at the same time it is a honestly just a community of love uh god is love so if god is in the mist then love should be in the mist it, you know acceptance should be in the mist and i and it, what I mean by acceptance is I mean just accepting the fact that, okay, we've all made mistakes, but by the grace of God, we are still here today to share our story. So guys, please, please, fam, follow the Giving God Glory Through Trauma podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at GGGTT underscore podcast. And also follow the ministry page at Giving God Glory Through Trauma. I cannot wait to hear from you guys. I cannot wait to connect with you guys. And remember what I said, the enemy wants isolation, but God's foundation is built on community. I love you guys, and I can't wait to hear from you all.